of Knee Brace Radio. It's another edition of Let's Get Weird Wednesday. It's Wednesday, March the 17th, the year 2021. As always, presented by the Wave Media Co. Nick was just crushing some fucking Taco Bell, so we know his day's going pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. You can't go wrong with the uh, the Crunchwrap Supreme Chalupa. My wife got something called a, a Quesalupa. Quesadilla and a Chalupa combined, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. You guessed right. Didn't even know. Didn't even know that was a possibility. But it's it's part again, of that like secret menu that you can only order online with. Okay, so if it's an online secret menu, that's cool. I do not like people that like go to um, like Wendy's and they're like, "I want the T Rex burger," and it's like some fucking seventeen year old. And they're like, "That's not on the menu." And they're like, "I saw it on TikTok." And they're like, "All right, well, what do you yeah, want?" It's like, no, well, it's, no, you it's definitely ten burgers. Those, those people definitely know one. people at that work at that uh, at the Wendy's, mm-hmm. and they're like, Bro, "All right, look, I'm gonna pull up to I'm gonna pull up to the window, ask for a T Rex burger, and you give me, you give me, you give me ten patties, six buns, thirteen chicken nuggets, and some chili." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you eat the chili at Wendy's, you're a psychopath. <laughs> What's it called? A masochist, where you just hate yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I would imagine, like, a mascot eats, like, five days a week. Oh, absolutely. It's like like that, and then, like, the hot, the blazing wings from Buffalo Wild Wings on the weekend. Change it up. Yeah, I I mean, I I get close to the, to to blazing. I mean, we've covered this. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, blazing just tastes bad. Yeah, that's, again, I'm all for spicy foods, but when it just tastes bad, and you just do it just because you hate yourself or to look cool, that's where it's like. I think the only secret menu thing you can order across the country is the McGangbang, right? Right. So speaking of of viral menu items, because I mean we look like a couple of snacks. Yes. Oh, hey. We we I last night I thought we made I thought we I, I thought we made it I thought I thought that was our big break. Mm-hmm. I thought that was you know that's the the one thing we needed to push us over the edge. Yeah. Apparently not. Apparently. Apparently, not. it takes it's a little bit more than one tweet. Yeah, so if people that don't know what Nick's talking about or don't follow us on Twitter, um, we clipped a video of Gary V saying making your bed was incredibly overrated, which it is. Uh, we'll get to that later. However, um, Bailey Carlin from Barstool tweets every single morning to make his bed. Now, KFC from Barstool has has started, um, would you say like the anti-make-your-bed gang? Or is it, would you say, I don't really want to say gang, but... Um, Posse, maybe we we don't use the gang word, but we don't. But uh, we we'll don't use the p word either. Yeah, but um, so essentially they've been going back and forth. One saying that it's good for your mental health to make your bed. The other one saying it doesn't fucking matter. I we clip the video. I go ahead, tweet it out, and let me tell you, it caused a ruckus online for a little bit. Yeah, uh, both kicked up by Bailey and KFC. Yes, uh, at the moment it had about thirty-two thousand views. Um, again, Nick, uh, I'm in the same boat as you where I pretty much had already quit work and cashed out my 401k because I thought I was going to be rich. 
um, be millionaires by the morning. Someone would have signed us. Apparently, that's not how it works. Now, I have to ask, do you make your bed in the morning? Not only no. Fuck no. It, it's such a waste. We, we make our bed just because the dogs will lay on it. And essentially, we had to start doing it because... Every now and then the dogs will run outside and they'll step in wood chips or something and then run back into the house and get it on our sheets. And it's really fucking annoying to wash your sheets and then 30 minutes later you let the dogs out and then they come back in they get shit all over your bed again. So we like make our bed very half-assedly and then just put like this random dog blanket and just drape it over the top. But Yeah, I mean... There's, as a kid, there's, there's I all... never did. Never. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I didn't no, even if... clean my room. No, there was, like, half-eaten Pop-Tarts in my bed from me playing Call of Duty all night the night before. Nothing like waking up and finding a half-eaten, uh, you know, strawberry-flavored, a lot of ice. Brace yourself. It. Here's another Nick story. Um, I'm pretty sure I had, like, a five-year-old piss bottle sitting on top of my computer desk. Forgot that was there. A piss bottle? Yeah, when I was a kid. Okay, well, I had a, I had a sweet mate in college who's actually one of my good friends, not going to name drop, but had to pee all the time. When he got drunk, would piss the bed every single time, um, to the point where he came to my house one summer for my brother's graduation from high school party, and my he passed out. He blacked out about 9, 9.15 at night, and my mom forced me to go downstairs, and she said, you wake him up and make him pee. I don't care if you have to hold his cock yourself. Words from my mother, directly from her mouth. Um, a saint, Linda. Yes, but um, he used to. He was on the top bunk, and he got sick and tired of having to climb down in the middle of the night because he think he fell once or stepped on a chair and rolled his ankle. So he had a gallon water bottle jug, like a Poland Springs jug, and would piss in it every single night. And every fucking morning, it was about halfway full. Imagine dropping that thing in your carpet, though. I'm sure your year-old piss bottle would smell even worse. Oh, pr- probably, yeah. I mean, that... There was nothing like when I was like, so like I, I grew up with one room and then I moved to another room in the house. Mm-hmm. And so that required me to downsize mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and clean, actually clean my room. And that's when I found it. And I was like, I don't know how old this is. And I'm ashamed of it. Did you smell it or you knew exactly? What Absolutely it was? not. <laughs> you could have put a little bit of baking soda and made a lava lamp with it. That's how fucking old and gross it was. <laughs> Um, I've never done anything like that. I have in the past though, my parent, my room in my parents' house was right next to our garage. So I could open my window, and crawl out the window and be on my garage. I definitely in the winter had crawled out onto the roof and peed on the roof or just peed off of the roof just to see it like melt the snow, but never peed in a bottle. Um, fun fact, my brother had a friend that lived at our house after I graduated and he used to crawl out the, um, roof in the summertime to go smoke weed on the, on the garage. Okay. Um, so I, I don't think my parents would have cared if he just walked downstairs and smoked weed in the backyard like a normal person. But every night he would climb out the window and go ahead and smoke. So, but back to making the bed. But, so we talked okay, about my pee bottle. Mm-hmm. Are, are we going to talk about your item? Uh, there may have been a drawstring backpack that was filled with um, sticky socks that my mom found. <laughs> Um, hidden in my closet, uh, roughly, I don't know, five years after I moved out. Um, that was a weird text to get because <laughs> it wasn't just my mom that found it. It was my dad and sister. Um, they, they, 
they converted my room into my sister's room. And while they were cleaning it out, I got a text and it was just a picture from the outside of the bag. And my mom, it was no, no text with it. Nothing. Your heart dropped. I just texted back. Don't open the bag. And she said, well, it's too late for that. <laughs> I said, well, I hope you just threw it away. Um, so they found that, which I mean, I guess at least it was like five years down the road and I was already engaged. Um, so like, what are you going to do? But that was a, that was a tough one. Also, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's just not a text you want to get from your mom. doesn't matter how old you are. Does I mean, not that, matter that's how- a text that I get, that I would get. Mm-hmm. And I just start hysterically laughing to avoid crying. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, again, if it, if it was just my mom, that's fine. But it was my entire, it, besides for my brother, it, the entire family. Yeah. Um, and if your brother finds out, he never lets you live that down. I mean, he, he eventually found out. I think everybody in my family knows about it. <laughs> um, but things could be worse. I could have been 16 when it happened. Also, did you ever have wet dreams as a kid? Uh, I can't recall specific instances, but I... I am one hundred percent sure I did. If you, if your, if your parents had found that when you were sixteen, I would have just crawled inside my own body. I don't know if you would have ever recovered. I no, I would just be a turtle. Like you would, I would be able to like take my head out from my shoulders and put it back in. Yeah, because that's how deep down I would have sunk into myself. Um, you would one hundred percent be a member of the turtle club. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Or I would be living. Oh, I actually, I probably would have went to like BYU or something. I would have like had to repent and like <laughs> done. I would have probably. I'm. Tw- I just turned 28. I would just be now graduating from college because so I would have been on a mission trip for four years. Just not graduating college. Huge fan of soaking. Oh yeah, just whole lot of insertion, nothing else. Insertion to the point of being soft. Um, I'm gonna. We'll just go back to making the bed though. It is the biggest waste of time. So right? my wife, my wife likes to make the bed. Kaylee has made the bed with me in it. Because <laughs> I just don't want to get out of it. Yeah, no, my wife. My wife enjoys making the bed. She enjoys sleeping in a made bed. I will say, sleeping in a made bed hits a little different. No, it sucks. It's the worst. It's the worst because you get in the made bed, and what's the first thing you do? You start kicking around like a fucking bronco, like a bucking bronco, because you got to get the sheets untucked from the bottom so you can get a little, um, little bit of. I guess I don't want to say fresh air under there, but. You have um, little areas for air to circulate through the bed. Now, well, Kyle, when you are I'm, confined, I'm a, I'm a total okay. fucking badass. I, I'm I'm a badass. Uh, I'll go. I'll go ahead and say that. I sleep with one leg out. You're not afraid of the boogie monster. Absolutely not. I am actually the opposite. I I do the Winnie the Pooh sometimes, where I will sleep with no pants, no underwear on, but I will sleep with a hoodie on up top. Because I, I absolutely cannot. Sleep, no pants, no underwear. I oh, can't it's the do best. It. I can't do it. Can't oh do my it. god, sleeping in the nude is the best, Nick. It is the most comfortable. It's you could just breathe. You want to know how I learned about this? I had incredibly bad rub raw in college, and I it was over spring break, and one of the guys was like, "Just sleep naked, slept naked, <laughs> fixed, perfectly fine the next day." I'm an ass. I'm an ass sweater. My ass sweats. Okay. Well, then, then, then you probably and, should not. And I, I, I can't, it, I can't deal with you know the ass mark on the on the sheets. Oh, I mean, because it's a very obvious look of why it's you know why your butt cheeks are. 
Like, there's no way around it. It's not like, oh, that was my armpit. Like, no, that, that no, was that's, your ass. That's, 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 a, that's, that's, a, that's a double pound cake right there. Double cheeked you know up what? on a Thursday afternoon. You know what else is weird that I do when I sleep? Up until Kaylee moved in with me, I wouldn't use a pillow when I would sleep. You were sleeping... Ab- you, I, were, you were sleeping I, absolute horizontal. I would just put my yeah, I would just put my head on the mattress. <laughs> like, it, it, I still do it when I can't sleep. I'll just put my head right on the mattress. Um, you know what? You know what I did for the longest time. What's that? Never use sheets. Oh, I never until Kaylee moved in. Never move sheets because they just get kicked down to the bottom. You oh, never I, wind I, up with I them mean, on. Like, I, even the fitted sheets. Oh, you just sleep on a mattress. Oh, I was raw dogging it for. A long time growing up. You're you're a crazy person. Absolutely, you would fit you would fit right in in a crack den. <laughs> I have ne- every every single movie I've ever seen where it's a crack den. There's no sheets on any beds. No yeah. fitted sheet, Nick. Not even a fitted sheet. I actually now that we're talking about this, I had a lot of weird things about sleeping because you used to just put my head right on the mattress. When I was really little, I had to have a silk pillowcase. And my mom, what? Because of the curls? No, I just liked how it felt. Probably because it was cool. Um, But I remember my parents, well, I don't remember this, but I was very little. My parents dropped me off at my aunt and uncle's house for a sleepover, and they didn't give me my silky, as we refer to it. So what did I do? The only logical thing, I stayed up, forced them to stay up with me, to the point where my aunt was like, go into my closet and find something that is comparable. So I felt every garment in her entire closet and eventually settled you on a scarf. You found a nightie. No, I, I, I found a scarf. Okay. That we were able to drape over the top of the pillow. Um, so maybe I'm such a weird person because I just never slept right. You are you seem like a texture person. Oh, I am. Uh, when I was little, I couldn't wear jeans because when you bend your leg like and touch your heel to your butt as a little kid, I don't know why I did that, but it would ball up and I hated that feeling. Um, I can. You you're, you're sitting there getting a catcher stance, and your parents are like, "That's not even that's that's, that's not, not gonna possible. happen." That's not yeah. gonna, <laughs> and you're like, "You're in first grade." Like yeah, that's exactly what I did. Um, I can vividly remember, like vividly, because my dad was fucking furious. We were running late to something, and there was <laughs> there was a string in my sock that was in between my pinky toe and the toe next to it, and I just kept telling him, "Like, I gotta take the socks off. I gotta take the socks off." And it was like the dead of winter and I had a snow boot on and he like fucking like lost his mind, ripped it off, took my sock off. And I was like, right there, you see it? And it, it couldn't have been more than a half inch long string, but it was bothering me. It was a texture thing and I just had to have him take it off. I cut it and similarly, move, though, kept moving. Similarly, if, if like a sock catches like on the, like a jagged part of my pinky uh, nail, uh, it uh, makes, makes my skin crawl. Oh my God. Yes. It, I'm the exact same way. Um, my mom growing up, my mom, my mom, like if, if her, like the seams on her sock weren't like lined up on her foot, she couldn't mm-hmm. breathe. She couldn't like, she would panic. She would absolute panic. She, she, oh, would, she would, she would like, <laughs> she would call me upstairs. Cause I mean, my room was like downstairs in the basement and she was like, she was like, Nick, Nick, fix my sock. Like I could tell, she was like panicking, like hyperventilating. Would she just get? And I like. Would she get like fixed. grossed out from it? I don't know. I don't know. But and then I would fix it so like the heel seam was on her heel and you know the toe was on the toe, and then she'd be like, <sighs> and I'm like, <laughs> she would need a cigarette. 
I was like, Mom, are you okay? And she was like, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Dude, there's just, like, the older you get, like, there's just a lot of shit about people that you just figure out that are really weird. Like, for example, I think I may have talked about this at one point. We had a, a bag, uh, like a satchel of potatoes that was in our pantry forever. And I, I don't know why this bothers me. It's, it's making my skin crawl to the day, like right now. My mom took it out of the pantry. She's like, look how long these things have been in there. And they started growing towards the light. Yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> I'm getting like, I'm like actually crawling out of my skin right now. Like the, the, the pieces that were out of the potato, like the white stalk. Oh my God. It's fucking disgusting. Bothers me it's so just much. Growing. I know. And there's the same thing that my, my, and it's the same thing with my sister too. My dad had like this giant Brussels sprout like stock and she sent a picture of it she's like i don't know why this bothers me so much and it bothered me too like i don't know what it is it's just these little things about people and i think everybody has them um but there's just like i don't know i'm just i just like i'm a fucking weirdo is what it comes down to um but i mean i'm i'm very peculiar i am as well i mean we're i mean we're i mean two two peas two podcasters in a pod Exactly. I mean, if, if the video that I that we posted on the Instagram of the 1912, if that wasn't exactly two podcasters in a pod, nothing else will. Um, so we're going to get back into the list of things that we have to talk about right now. Uh, I don't even know how to say this guy's last name. Mario, the, the soccer player. Okay. How, you, you Take a stab at his last name. Icardi? 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 Like, look, like Bacardi? Like Bacardi, but just Icardi. That works for me. Yeah, it works for me too. Um, him and his wife have sex twelve times a day. What a life that is! That sounds awful. That it, it absolutely does. It absolutely. What was the Dennis Rodman where he like broke his dick in half? Uh, granted, he said that he was Four running times. from one side of the room to the other. Yeah, he he did say one of them. He was in a full sprint and basically tried to try to. Just, I, I, he tried, to, he tried to javelin inside this woman's vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that sounds miserable, dude. Like, I, I mean, if there's times where I'm just like, I have a headache. Don't even want to do it. Like, you know, don't even want to do it once. Got a tummy ache. Don't want to do it. Had a lot of chili from Wendy's. Can't can't go tonight. Let alone going 12 times in a single day. Th- there's, there's... You know what this is. There's almost... No time in my life where I will, where I, where I will decline. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, but, that's fair. But, like, here's the thing, though. Like, once, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Twice, you're pushing it. Three times, it's just not happening. It's no, ju- that's I, just not. That's not. It's, that's, luna- it's lunacy. It, Absolutely. What do you think I am? Like, a, a pro soccer player? What do you, you think? Know what? Um, do you think I'm a pro athlete? Do you think I'm a stallion? There, it's just, there's no way around it. This is fake. This is your friend that got a girlfriend in like ninth or 10th grade when everyone first started having sex. She, and he's she like, goes we to have camp. S- she goes to camp. Um, in Canada. Yep. She goes to camp in Canada. She's a model. Mm-hmm. You've never met her. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know her. And she doesn't have a MySpace either. But there is But she's no, in my top friends. Yeah, of course. Um, it, It's just a lie. It's just like... When you when you're in college and you're like, oh, I'm getting ass seven times a week. It's like, no, you're not. You've been dating for six months now. You're lucky if you get it when you come back from the bar one night. Besides that, like, you're just lying. 
and everybody knows you're lying. Well, I don't even like is I think three is probably the believable number that you could say. Three times, even that, even that is a lot, dude. I <laughs> one time a day when you are married is a ton. That's a whole Once lot of sex. A day that is a that's, that's three hundred and sixty-five times. Right, dude. There, I I couldn't imagine going once a day. No, it's just a hassle. Like, cause it's like, you know, when you're really comfortable in bed, and you're like, "Fuck, I forgot to brush my teeth," or "Fuck, I forgot to let the dog out." Imagine you had to meet your quota. It's like, "Fuck, we have to have sex." Like, now I'm gonna get sweaty. Or you go the opposite, where it's like, actually, hold the phone. Maybe he's having sex 12 times a day and she's just laying there. Because that would be possible. Where it's like, he, he's just a horned up, or even that's not true. But like, still, it's like, you can, I guess you technically could go for like two minutes and then be like, well, I'm done. And that counts as sex. Do you think he's jerking off nine times a day? I, I, is he going into the shower, turning the shower on, and then playing the volume on his phone all the way down? <laughs> I mean, you're describing my playbook, but <laughs> were you uh, were you like, hey, hon, I got to go to the other bathroom. I'm really backed up. Don't oh, wait. I, up I, that no, we we have a pooping bathroom. That's that's what that 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 bathroom is for. It's for pooping. Well, it's and for jerking off. Apparently, for that. Apparently, but you know. Um... But good thing your wife doesn't listen to the podcast. She'll never find <laughs> yeah, out. Good thing she doesn't support my dreams. Um... <laughs> Yeah, even once a day, every day, that it's ludicrous. It's, that's just so much. It, it's it is. It really is. Like when you, what what's the sweet spot in a relationship? Like three months in, where you're just going at it constantly, and then you hit like the five or six month mark, and you're like, hey, you want to just like get some cheesecake and just chill out, yeah. and then that becomes it. Like you you always want to sit in the same room and not talk for a little while, and then you're like, yeah, that sounds really good actually. That's my love language, sitting there and not talking. Just so you sit there and you, you give them an occasional like knee rub and you're like, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. But or, like, or, I like this, what we got going on. My love language? Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... Uh, there, there is something to be said about having your partner when you're just like, hey, I just need like 30 minutes just to like watch YouTube and just not say a word. And they just accept that. Uh, that's how you know you're in like mature we we hang out in the same room for hours and not like won't say anything more than the occasional like i look i'll like finish up with a video i'll look up like what you watching i'm like hey love you and she's like love you too and that's it Mm -hmm. that's how you know you're in a mature relationship when you can do that when you can just enjoy each other's silence yeah but there there are times even then i'm like you're a little clingy <laughs> you you really have to be in the same room as me yeah, right like now. You, you we can't to... do this in separate rooms. I got I got in trouble uh, because I was streaming too much. Um, and I wasn't eating dinner with her. That happens. Dinner is one of the most important meals of the day. Absolutely, I I don't disagree. I like looking it's... back on it. I was like, mm, you know, that's kind of stupid on your part, Nick. <laughs> um, yeah. you should probably eat dinner with your family. But I was like, oh, man, your kid's going... not going to remember. And she's like, kids at this four age, or five, she's not you could be out of the her. picture. You could be out of the picture for like the next three years. The kid would never know. Right. All you got to do is have like a photo at every major holiday and maybe just like a couple random ones where you're drinking a beer in the summer with her on your lap. 
And you're good. Like, you could pass that off. She would have no idea that you were deadbeat for the first four years of her life while you were out gallivanting the streets um, looking for someone to sit in the room and not make noise. Yeah. Now you look for somebody else. (laughs) I mean... I mean, I could die right now, and my wife could remarry tomorrow. She would never know. Well, there would be pictures. Okay, minus the pic- minus the pictures, she would never know the difference. That's true. That's unless unless she's got a photographic memory, and you guys don't know yet because she can't talk. That's fair. Fair. When you That's, put it, when you put it that way, you, yeah. When you put it that way, maybe my kid's a beautiful mind. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> um, you know, it's not beautiful. Derogatory and racial slurs. Racial epithets. Not good. Not beautiful. Um, obviously, we're about a week late on this, but it's a relevant topic because he got traded today. Yeah, he did. Myers Leonard, definitely not a good idea to drop a K-bomb because that word is not a word. I think half the country probably doesn't even know what it means, to be honest. Yeah. That's not a common word. No, no, that's that's one you gotta dig for. Yeah, well, well, that's he. Yeah, I and I'm regurgitating a take here, but he uses that in his everyday language. So here, here was my take. Here was my take. That him using that word is replacing a different word. Yeah, I mean it's all not good. Right, I understand. I understand. I think he used the K word, and I mean he's been in the NBA long enough that. And he's been around um, people of color that I don't think it was the N word, mm-hmm. but I think that he replaced uh, the F word, and I'm not talking about fuck. Yeah, I think he replaced the F word with the K word, thinking it was like fine. Definitely not. Definitely not. Not saying one's better than the other, but I mean, he he, he claimed ignorance, which. Obvious, I mean, the obvious move. Ob- I mean, great move, great move. Um, Just deny, deny, deny. I mean, that's for every playbook ever, right? Right, right. I mean, but the thing is, though, he de- that's definitely a replacement where he was like, you. He, normally, he calls someone, you know, an f and f word, mm-hmm. and he was like, he wanted to say you f and f word because he called like, <laughs> and he and he's he dug deep. He went you f and k word. You, um, he, yeah, he went through the Rolodex in his head. Yep. It, it, it was the SpongeBob where he's like, what's his name? What's his name? He was just looking what's for What's his a, name? <laughs> he's looking for a slur to use. That's it. Instead, yes. also, poor timing to have your hair dyed like a... Platinum blonde. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say a, a German soldier, um, but that is not a good look. Not not funny at all. Like, we're just fully denouncing that. But the fact that he got traded and they were like, honestly, we don't know if he'll be on the team or not. That shows how how bad they wanted him out of So, I think... So, like you said, his use of the word not funny. His immediate self-realization. Where he's like, my wife ha- needs my help. Hey, my, my wife just called. Uh, I gotta go. Um, yeah, or, or, definitely or his not. friend that's in the video. Oh man, I feel so bad for his friend in the video because he said mm-hmm. you effing k word, and his friend mm-hmm. went. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, there's just nothing. 
so I like, immediately you just have to unplug your mic and just disconnect, right? Yeah, no, like, oh, I, I timed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can someone replay what just happened in the last like thirty seconds? I timed out real quick. Yeah. Um, not good. And it's it's not like he's a star, Nick. He's averaging like four points and two rebounds a game. I think I, he falls on. He's. I think his career average is like seven points a game. Yeah, so it's not great. Like he's in the category of very replaceable, but Nick, he has made more money than he knows what to do with. Absolutely. He. I. I, I want to look. I don't know what his career earnings are off the top of his head. I know this year is like a nine million dollar deal, and next year is a ten million dollar deal for being like the seventh guy on the bench. Yeah. So and being being seven foot one. Yes, he needs to get the papa as his sponsor papa john that is because he has been working for it was it two years is that what he said 20 months he has been working to take the n-word out of his out of his vocabulary very easy to take that word out of your vocabulary first off the first way to do it is just to never have it in your vocabulary to start with and you never have to remove it second off that shouldn't take more than two days Oh, like that should uh, a day. It, it's just don't say it. It's just it's just so on brand for him though. That grease ball of a human being. Oh man, I, I, he his presence makes me uncomfortable. Like he the video, tr- the video where he was like, "I've been eating what was it like three pizzas a day." Yes, yes, but then then it came out where he was like, "I'm actually just." Um, did he say he was eating? What was it? Wasn't it something weird where he's like, I was eating them, but then he was like, oh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm just like quality control testing them and throwing them away or something like that. But just oh, man, the the grease that oozes from his pores. like He's a pepperoni slice on a pizza. That's yeah, what he absolutely. looks like. And even, even that's like, even the grease coming out of his forehead's racist. Yeah, it's... You can't trust a guy who was what he was like a wasn't he a Louisville fan and then changed to Kentucky or something like that? Yes. Can't, I mean that's number one red flag right there. You just can't trust him. That that was our sign to know that he was a racist long before he was a racist. Um, but again, twenty months for him to go ahead and stop using a single word. Stop using. I'm I'm not going to say any racial epithet is better than the other. Mm-hmm but removing one of the most divisive words in the yes. English vocabulary. Yep. No, that's, 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 that's accurate. Very accurate, Nick. Um, there's just no way around. Just not, not good all the way around. Not good all the way around. Um, now this is going to, we're just going to go zigzag here. We, we've kind of lost track of this episode already. Um, J-Lo and A-Rod broke up back together again. And I think broke up again and then back together again. They're working it out. As far as I know, they're working it out. They are your friends in college that are they're they're good, and then you start pre-gaming and they get into a fight. And it's because the guy played beer pong with a girl that wasn't the girlfriend and she didn't like him, and then they break up, and then they go to the bar and they are just fighting. They're fighting across the bar at each other. And then what happens, Nick? They get too drunk, and then they go back and they have sex. And they're like, hey, we're back together. Then the next morning they wake up and they were like, hey, don't think I forgot that I saw you try to dance with that girl when we were broken up for an hour. That's A-Rod and J-Lo at the current moment. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, that's that, I mean, there's, that's pretty spot on analogy. Um, I mean, J Lo's so hot. Oh, dude, she is. She is defying the laws of aging. It's like her, Jennifer Aniston, um, Mila Kunis. And, still J Lo's got J Lo's got a few years on A Rod, doesn't, doesn't she? She's like fifty five, I think. A Rod's probably about fifty. They're they're in the same ballpark. They're not okay. look. Jenny from the block does not get any older. She is like a fine fine wine. She ages. Um, she was was she in like your top um, childhood crushes? Um, she's up there. Scarlett Johansson's always going to be up there. Never did it for me. Really, never I, did I, it for me. I don't. I don't have her know that I would never ever leave my wife for her just to put that on the record there are some other people that we probably have to cross that bridge but i think my my like j-lo is one of my crushes uh um, jennifer 51 a rod 45 okay so six years um jennifer aniston was like my number one growing up pam anderson of course oh man pam anderson that <laughs> for 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 the pub uh the adolescent boy that's just like boobs that was the pinnacle. Oh, yeah, that was before every guy switched from moves to ass. Yeah, um, that was that was prime. That was that, that was, was two thousand in its heyday. That was yeah. I was gonna say that was prime two thousand three to two thousand eight, where boobs just ruled the world. Yeah, um, Pam and my parents went Carmen on Electra, who still has her fastball. Carmen Electra. Um, my parents went on vacation and. My, my grandparents were watching us and they came back and like my sister got like a teddy bear. My brother got a shirt and I don't know if my parents forgot about me or if it was their plan all along, but they brought back a, um, it was like a Maxim or it was something along those lines. It wasn't like a playboy or a hustler, but it was a borderline porno mag with Pam Anderson on the cover. And they definitely got it in the airport on the way home. And they probably forgot about me, but let me tell you, one That's of the all best gifts needed. I ever got. That's yeah, all one of the needed. best. One of the best gifts I've ever got in my entire life. They they knew what you really wanted. Yeah, I mean, again, they got it in the gift shop on the way home, and like the duty's free. Like my mom was like, "You need a bottle of water." My dad's like, "Yeah, but I'll, I'll go get it because I kind of want to get a snack too." And he's like, "Fuck, I forgot to get Kyle a gift. Is it going to be a shot glass that we get him, or is it going to be Pam Anderson do, on do the cover of Max?" Keychain that says Kyle. Yeah, with, with a little palm <laughs> yeah. trees. Kyle was. Kyle was sold out, actually, in the keychain. <laughs> he, he was trying to make it from, from Kevin and Luke and Ryan. He was trying to combine everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then he stumbled upon Pam Anderson on the, the spinny thing in the kiosk. And was like, this, this is what he actually wants. This is what the adolescent boy needs. And you know what? He wasn't wrong. But, no. The, the, the Pam Anderson, Carmen Electra time in life, it was just a simpler time. Jessica Simpson. Oh, Jess the Dukes of Hazard. Jessica Simpson. It's like Bo the boots yeah, I mean, are made for walk-in video. Got plenty of play on on my uh, on my stepdad's computer. Let me tell you. <laughs> you know what else was? I think the end of peak boob was um, Kate Upton doing the cat daddy. I think that was like the last hurrah of the boobs. The, the became, Hardee's commercials with Kate Upton. <laughs> I forgot about those. Forgot about those. Um, it brings you back uh, to a to a simpler time, Nick. And oh, I've been sure. listening to 
I've been listening to music that's been, uh, I found a throwback playlist, which is great. It reminded me of driving to baseball games with my dad when I was younger. My dad also, I, I he used to put on like classic rock to pump us up for football and um, like little league games and stuff. And one of our good, or one of our listeners, one of our day one listeners, good friend, his son is just now starting T-ball. So I will be going to those games. So I'm sure I will do the tradition of like bringing him some sunflower seeds and gate. Actually, he's probably too young for sunflower seeds. Bring him Gatorade. Uh, Cause I feel like sunflower seeds, he will definitely choke on. Don't want to choke the child. No, definitely don't want a dead, dead child on my hands. T-ball is terrifying though. Um, for, for many reasons, but um, Dietz called me. That's whose kid is playing T-ball. And he was like, Hey, so first T-ball practice in books went great. And I was asking about the parents because usually the parents are crazy. He's like, no, they were all good except for one guy who made his son to force him to be a switch hitter and it looked unnatural. Well, Nick, mm-hmm. they are three-year-olds swinging a baseball bat. So none of it is going to look natural, right? Yeah, no. If your kid looks natural at three years old swinging a baseball bat, um, maybe... You got the next Mike Trout or Joe Mauer. Nick had a messed up joke. I cut him off. What was it? Uh, I I was going to say maybe um, try to get us to, you know, do your marketing for you and stuff all the time. Okay. I think Nick had a more messed up joke that he was about to say and he stopped himself. Um, But you, I'm pretty sure there was a study done that was like, if you forced your kid to do the opposite hand of what they're used to, like they turn out to be a psycho. Really? I'm like 90% sure. Like I'm very, because I remember my grandma, when she was a little kid, she was a lefty, obviously. This was back uh, in the 30s. Um, And she went to Catholic school and the nun took her left hand and wrapped a belt around her and put it behind her back and cinched the belt down to make her right, right handed. And I'm pretty sure she was the one that said there was like a study that like a bunch of like crazy people came out because they just like couldn't, like they were just so frustrated as little kids, which I get. But you cannot force a little kid to be a switch hitter, right? I, I mean, that's I feel like that's a decision they have to make on their own. Like Chipper Jones, Chipper Jones mm-hmm. was I think he's a natural righty, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, I I want to be a switch hitter. So he started taking more swings left handed than he was right handed, and he ended up being better from the left side of the plate. Well, yeah, and that always happens because there's more right handed pitchers than there is left handed pitchers. So you, in game, you get more experience, but forcing that upon a three-year-old is fucking insane. Like that person, that, that guy needs to be locked up and thrown away the key, right? For sure, yeah. What, what was the the football Pete Marinovich? Is that his name? Yep, Pete Marinovich. Where the dad made him chew on steak? I think that's like, you're encroaching into that territory when you force a child to do something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just not, but not healthy. to be fair, if we're... You know, but if it pays off, I mean, I mean, if if <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I'm not so not gonna shame the guy. To be fair, if you were a fan of whatever team it was, I think it was the Raiders that drafted Pete Marinovich. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of the Raiders, and you know they draft Pete, Mar- like they draft a Pete Marinovich, where it's like you know, at three months old, he was chewing on steak so that he would get the red protein or the red meat protein and the creatine from it. So he would build muscle in your head. You're thinking, we, oh, got, a, we yeah. got a fucking stud. Yeah. I'm going out and buying his Jersey. Yeah. Going out sure. right that second and buying his Jersey. Also, 
Is it weird for adults to buy jerseys? I don't know. I I mean, hard is it to like? Because like I'm thinking about it now. Like if say say the Jets draft Zach Wilson, and I can buy his jersey because he'll at least be on the team for four years, right? Hopefully, at the very least. At, well, we don't know that he could just retire. He gets drafted to the Jets. Um, he's only well. I mean, he went to BYU, but still, he's only like 23. I am 28. I feel like that's a little weird. Until you get buying a ch- almost like you know a child's jersey, essentially. Now, if it's like a throwback jersey or something like that, I think it's acceptable. But I just feel, I kind of feel weird about it. The older I get, the little bit more weirded out I get about it. I I appreciate the the throwback jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a TJ Hutchmanzada jersey. Um, I mean, now it's a throwback. Now I have I have an AJ Green jersey um, signed <laughs> with the Cardinals. R.I.P.I.P. So, uh, it, I don't know. I, I think I think buying new players jerseys that's that's a little weird. But but buying like throwback retro jerseys, like if I were to you know rock a Carson Palmer jersey, or if I do, it, oh man, could you imagine a John Kitna jersey? Oh, all the time. I mean, no. I mean, a- you know, no. I lied. I lied. Fuck you, John Kitna. I lied. Read a book about John Kitna in uh, elementary school. I lied because he uh, he told that really mean story about how there was someone drunk in the Bengals huddle, and I'm like, you didn't need to you didn't need to tell that story. Anyways, did not. Um, if I got like a Rudy Johnson jersey, mm-hmm. all to all time Bengal Rudy Johnson, he's on the list. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm trying to think back for Jets. It would be like maybe like a, I mean, classic Nick Wayne Krabet. Well, as Wayne Corbett. I've, I already have a Wayne Corbett jersey. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think who else. Testaverde. Like, or not Testaverde. Yeah, uh, Testaverde. Chad, Chad Pennington. Chad, Chad Pennington, Testaverde, Curtis Martin. Santana Moss. Santana Moss. Would Darrell Rivas has enough time passed? I think so. What about like um, a Bart Scott jersey would be sick? Keyshawn Johnson. Ooh, that's a good one. I like, I, I always like the players that, like I, the, I had a custom Brad Smith jersey. Who was Brad Smith, you might ask? He was the Wildcat quarterback and kick returner. Don't I just loved the random guys. So maybe that's what you gotta do. Just the random throwback. Maybe Keyshawn Johnson jersey if I get next. Brad but Smith, anyway, one of the this few, is, one of the few players in NCAA history to have two hundred yards rushing and two hundred yards passing in a game. People forget. People Go forget. Missouri. Missouri. Um anyway, let's kick it over to our interview. We have our good friend Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus, on. Um, yeah, in case, uh, in case anybody forgot, NCAA tournament starts soon. So yes. uh, Jeff Nadu knows all things. Um, Talk about a beautiful mind. Yeah. The dude knows everything about basketball. All the way down to like what flavor Gatorade what players like, probably. But um, let's, let's talk to him. We now welcome on a recurring guest back to the show, the big man on campus himself, Jeff Nadu. Jeff, how you doing, man? Doing good, guys. How are you? Hanging in there, dude. I'm, I'm excited. It's March Madness. I'm excited we're back. Yeah, it's a great time of the year. I mean, we didn't have it last year. Um, obviously, all of us uh, remember where we were one year ago today. You know, we basically were you know, in a barren 
wasteland of, of nothing. You know, we had no basketball, you know, the NBA had canceled, you know, baseball was, I think kind of something that we didn't think would happen again. And look where we are now, you know, a year later, we had a full baseball season, albeit, you know, kind of a limited one. We crowned a champion. You know, we had the NBA finals. We had the NFL season. We had the college football season. All the champions were crowned and we got through it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a long year, but uh, now we have one more big time event to get through. And then maybe hopefully we have a normal summer. At least exactly. Yeah. Maybe even get some fans back in the seats. That would be nice. But first thing I want to start off with. Where's the weight at, man? You look skinny as hell right now. You look good. Thank you, man. Yeah, I don't know where weight goes, man. I guess it just disappears, right? I, uh, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, and one of the reasons I share it all the time is because it's probably the greatest um, thing that I've ever done. You know, I, I think it's pretty incredible how if you work at something and you do something, you can change your predicament. And that's part of you know, the coronavirus year will always be important to me. And I know a lot of people lost a lot. And, and there are people that lost fa- family and friends. I luckily didn't lose anyone. But I lost personally something that I wanted to do away with. And, you know, I, I, I figured that I was going to do something. And I put my mind to it. And I did it. Um, you know, and I don't win every game. I'm, I'm not the best looking guy in the world. I don't have all the money in the world. But I wanted to do something. I did it myself. And, you know, I'm proud of that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I got a little bit more work to do. The, the next goal is to create it and, and build it into something where it's, you know, more solid where I have, you know, muscle, but I, I already have muscle developing and um, you know, we'll get there, but yeah, I'm going to spend the summer just kind of weight training and hopefully by fall, you know, I look like, uh, you know, Ronnie from the Jersey shore or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, we have some work to do. We'll get there, but I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Do you know what your total weight loss is at right now? Yeah, I'm I'm almost at, I'm like 108 pounds or so. Jeez, so, man. Yeah. Congrats. I, my goal was to always get back to you know the 225 area. I got a little bit more, but um I, I'm almost there. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of in a mode now where you know, it's a lot harder to lose weight cuz I think my body just kind of this is where it is. I don't think I'll ever get below like 220. Um but you know, I continue to do the same things I did and and I I'm out there every day working out and um, now it's just part of my life. You know, it's, it's like waking up and, 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 you know, taking a shower and, and, and doing all that stuff. It's, it's normal, normal for me now. So I'm very happy. You know, I, you really don't have anything if you don't have your health and, you know, I see friends and I see people that haven't taken care of themselves, whether it be through drinking or smoking or doing drugs or, you know, you know, eating poorly and, 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 you know, it catches up to them. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to get nip it in the bud before, you know, I got too old where, you know, 40, 45, you know, you don't have the same kind of gumption that you had when you were 30, 31. So, um, you know, I feel a lot better too. You know, my life's a lot better. And, you know, I'm excited for once all this virus stuff is over so I can start going out and living again and living my life and um, you know, seeing what, what's next. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So hopping into the tournament here, right off the bat, Who's your favorite to win? Who is the big man on campus's favorite to win? I mean, listen, I don't mean to be obtuse, but or I don't mean to be vague either. But, you know, I think it's hard to not think Gonzaga is going to win this tournament. But mm-hmm. I will say, you know, I actually have not picked my winner yet. Um, you know, I have the final four pretty much set. You know, I'm almost there. But, you know, I think there's some intriguing parts of this bracket. You know, I I, I keep going back and forth and I keep trying to, 
figured things in. One thing I do know at this late hour is if the Gonzaga Bulldogs do not get to the, at least the final four, um, I don't know if they ever will. You know, I don't know if they'll ever get to that elusive championship. You know, it's been a long road for Mark Few. You know, I don't think when he took that program over in you know in the late 90s, I don't think he ever thought he'd be where he is today. But, um, you know, they have a real hand ride to the final four. Um, I would be real surprised if Gonzaga doesn't win. I, I think there are light years better than everybody else. They've shown that all year. And when you look at their bracket, you know, at least on their side, it's pretty you know, the top three seeds outside of Gonzaga – They've already beaten by double digits. So Virginia, Iowa, and Kansas, they've already taken care of. Um, so that just goes to show you how good they are. I will say this. It's going to be an electric Final Four if we get kind of how we think it's going to shake out. Um, I think they're probably the champion. I haven't decided fully yet. So if we can't you know, squeeze the natty out of you, how about we start of getting a little bit of bracketology well, it's not here? That I don't want to give it. I, just, <laughs> you know, I mean, we have, you know, obviously this year it's Friday is the start. So I'm mm-hmm. still, I'm still, here's what I'll do. I'll give you, I'll give you some of my final four. Like I really believe Texas is really good. Um, you know, and I think Texas, you know, Gonzaga in the final four would be an electric game. Um, you know, I think Purdue is really interesting and, and I'll kind of get into the rest of teams, but I'll say Gonzaga is probably in the championship game. Okay. So um, let's get into some, some bracketology here. Who are your top three overseeded teams? Are, are there teams you think that just got like the, the get lucky yeah. seeding well, and they look, shouldn't be I where mean, they are? Clemson should not be a seven seed. That's really laughable. I mean, they, they really have limped into this tournament. I mean, this is a group that lost to Miami in the ACC tournament. You know, I don't know how you can make a case that they're a seven seed and Georgia Tech's a nine seed. I mean, Georgia mm-hmm. Tech is the winner of the ACC. How are they a nine seed and Clemson a seven seed? I think everyone would agree Clemson is, is, is sorely overpriced. You know, for me, it's more or less just teams that I don't really think should be in this tournament that are. You know, I think you can make a real case. You know, if, if you can explain to me why Maryland's in this tournament, I'd, I'd probably like to hear it. I don't really think – they've done anything to warrant being in, I guess, because they beat Illinois by three way back in January, I guess that constitutes it. But, you know, I, I thought they were, it was surprising that they were frankly in the tournament at 16 and 13. Um, and, and I'll keep saying it. I mean, if, if you can show me outside of just because their name's Wisconsin and they're in the big 10, if you could show me one thing that Wisconsin did that you're impressed with, um, I guess really outside of one game, December 15th, Tell me. UNC has to love that draw, getting Wisconsin Yeah, it's there. a great draw. I mean, I'll ask you guys, what what have they actually done to warrant being in this tournament? Because I'm not really sure I see it. Because, um, I mean, they, they haven't beat any of the big dogs in the Big Ten. They didn't beat Iowa. They didn't beat Michigan. They didn't beat Illinois. Yeah. I mean, nobody's beating Illinois. Uh, it, it's They didn't do anything. I know. No, that's my thing. And when you look at the Big Ten, I mean, they did not beat one quality opponent in that conference. Mm-hmm. I mean – you know, Rutgers, I think that's the only tournament team they beat in the conference. And Rutgers is a, you know, what are they, a 10 seed? So it's like, you know, you didn't really beat anyone in the non-conference outside of Loyola. I guess they're giving Loyola, the Louisville win a lot more credit. I, I don't know, but. And yeah, Louisville's I, I, not even a tournament team. 
Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of egregious decisions. Um, you know, I thought West Kentucky probably did enough to get into the field. I, I was a little surprised they didn't get in. I thought a win against Alabama, you know, they beat La Tech. They beat, um, you know, some some decent, you know, mid-majors as well. I thought they might have did enough to get in the tournament. But I didn't think there were any real egregious issues with it. So I have a question for you. Um, being that I'm in North Carolina, I get to see a lot of the mid-major schools in North Carolina play. Isaiah Miller out of UNC Greensboro. Is he the best athlete in the tournament? Like they were saying on ESPN. Is he the best athlete? Wow. That's a great question. Cause um, he was defensive player of the year. I think three times in a row in the SoCon. And I think he's the leading scorer for UNCG. So he can produce on both ends of the floor. Granted he's, I think a junior or a senior. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I think he is an elite athlete and he's, you know, if we get to the, the whole, you know, where's an upset coming from, I'm definitely going to bring him up in that. That's what I was going to say. I, I don't know. I have to kind of look, I've had to kind of look, but I would say he is. I mean, he he's as far as usage rate. I mean, he's heavily used by them. Um, he's a, a terrific defender. Uh, I don't know if there's a player that means more to his team than him. So yeah, I, I would, I would say he probably is. I'd have to kind of think about that for a little bit. You're putting me on the spot for sure, but yeah, I would say he is. Yeah, it's interesting because North Carolina got three schools into the tournament, UNC and then UNC Greensboro and App, which at the beginning of the year, if you asked App gets in over Duke yep. or App gets in above, you know, NC State or somebody, you probably go crazy. But granted, they're in the playing game against Norfolk State, but still they made it to the dance. I mean, when you look at Miller, I mean, I don't know if there's a player more important to one team than him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like his percentage of his shots, like he's top six in the country in that metric. You know, he takes 35.4% of Greensboro shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really does everything. I mean, he's great. You know, his assist rate is high. You know, he rebounds the basketball. Um, you know, he's a great defender, as I said. I mean, he is um, he, He's a really interesting player. He's a little undersized, but I think he could really be a household name because I – and I'm maybe, you know, jumping the shark a little bit. I actually think they can beat Florida State. I really do. And, and if you want, I can break down why I think that, but – well, I was going to ask you that because that was my pick for like the one upset that I could actually see. Because I believe what Florida State's a four seed, right? Yeah, and when you look at Florida State, you know one of their issues on on why I've kind of held off on, like people have asked me about them. What do I think of them? Blah 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 blah. And you know my my pushback is always, well, you know obviously they're the biggest team in the country and they're, they're athletic and hawking, but you know they don't have a point guard. You know they they have guys that can handle the ball, but you know, they're not a group that, you know, when you look at the guards or the Scotty Miller or Scotty Barnes or MJ Walker or, you know, whoever, their turnover rates are incredibly high. I mean, they, they just, they turn the ball over way too much. And, you know, Greensboro with West Miller, they press the hell out of you. I mean, they're really going to get up in your grill. They have guys like Miller, you know, that, that are just elite steel guys, you know, guys that are just going to pick your pocket. You know, you look at Langley, the six-one sophomore. He's a guy that could pick your pocket. I mean, th- this is just a, a group that's just going to pester you and pester you and pester you. And, you know, they have a little bit of length themselves. I mean, they're not exactly a, a little team either. They have some guys on the wing and, and with Koval down low that can do some things. It'll be interesting. But I think they could pull it off. You know, Greensboro is a team that doesn't necessarily have to go fast. They can slow it down. And if you can break the press, you're going to have to break through a pretty damn good defense. This is the number one defense in the uh, SoCo. Now, I think it's important to mention this, uh, the Southern Conference is not a good defensive conference at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really don't have much of a gauge to go off of. Now, keep in mind, 
Greensboro did beat Furman, who was the toughest team they played this year, um, probably outside of your, you know, Winthrop or Duquesne. And I think we have to kind of keep that off of, of how we break Greensboro down because I think Greensboro now is just way different than the Greensboro at right at the beginning of the year with that mm-hmm. COVID problem. So, yeah, I, I think they're an interesting team. And Miller could be a, a big name after the first weekend. Absolutely. Um, as I'm kind of thinking back here, yeah. you have these teams that go on runs. And right now we're seeing it with Georgetown. They're going on a run. Is it better to be, in your opinion, is it better to be hot at the right time or just an overall good team? I feel like these teams that get hot at the right time, they burn out if you have to win your conference tournament. Yeah, I, w- I would much rather have a good team because, you know, the problem that the NCAA tournament has this year and, and any other year, once you win your conference tournament, you have like five or six days off. In this case, Georgetown's going to have a full week off. I don't think that helps them at all. I mean, if I'm Ewing, I want to play today. Mm-hmm. You know, or Tuesday. <laughs> you know, I don't want to wait – I don't think they got a particularly good matchup. You know, if you know anything about Colorado, you know, they're really going to limit you on the glass. And that's one big way. I mean, one, I, when you look at Georgetown, their offensive rebounding rate is quite high. I mean, that, that's kind of how they create, you know, offense, to be honest. I mean, you know, threes and, and, and offensive rebounds. So, you know, a missed shot for them is, is really helpful because, you know, they have guys that could just go up and, and grab the ball and put it back. Um, Colorado is going to be able to match them. Colorado is a big team. Colorado is a physical team. Colorado is a good defensive team and they're a very good defensive rebounding team. So, you know, I, I think that's a pretty tough matchup for them right out of the gate. And, you know, momentum is great, but you know, a week later, I don't know if you have momentum. The problem that some teams, the NCAA tournament have like Georgetown is they're kind of just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, you know, I think we have to give Patrick Ewing, you know, he's not going to win like coach of the year, um, but I think you could make the case, you know, he, he should get some sort of, you know, lauding because, you know, Georgetown in 2020 was one of the biggest dumpster fires in America, to be really honest with you. I mean, they lose Mac McClung, mm-hmm. you're seven graduated, um, you know, they, they lose a Kinjo, he goes to Arizona, Terrell Allen graduated, and then you had basically four players that were kicked off the team because of, uh, off the court issues, criminal issues. Um, th- this was a complete mess of a team. And he basically took one or two guys to this season, brought some kids in and, you know, here they are. Um, it- it's really pretty incredible. Yeah. I was going to say losing Mac McClung, obviously is huge. Seeing what he's doing with Texas tech. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me. Cause if they had, if Georgetown had him still, I don't know if it, they're better or worse or what, but he's an elite player, I would say, in this tournament. And obviously, he's a household name because of his high school highlights, but I think he kind of got lost in the shuffle for a little bit when he transferred. Yeah, uh, it's it's really pretty incredible. I, I you know, I, just the whole team is, is, is new. It's just mm-hmm. a really, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a young kid and I, and I have a kid in, and that's playing basketball, I don't know if there's a guy I'd rather him play for over Ewing. I think he's just... He's a treasure, I think. Absolutely, man. Um, so so um, just jumping in right here. So in our previous conversations, we, we've talked about how, how much you value the free throw percentage because it's basically free points. Um, going into the tournament, are there certain teams you're looking at 
um, that, you know, stick out to you as, as these are the teams that hold the most value whenever it comes to free throw percentage and getting to the line? Yeah, you know, I think you always want to keep that in the back of your head. I mean, we just talked about Colorado. I mean, mm-hmm. Colorado is the best free throw shooting team in America, right? You know, when you look at them, you know, weirdly enough, actually, they're now the second best free throw shooting team in America because of their behavior on Saturday where they, you know, missed eight or nine free throws. And that was ultimately the difference in them winning or losing in in, in that Pac-12 tournament title game with, with Oregon State. You know, there are definitely teams you want to keep an eye on. You know, one one kind of metric I do like is the free throw metric, but I also like, you know, getting to the line. You know, can they make threes? I think when you're looking at tournament teams, particularly in game one, there's going to be a lot of big dogs. So I've always said the key to a dog staying in a game is, A, do you make your free throws? B, do you turn it over? And C, can you make threes? Because threes are the great equalizer. Obviously, it's pretty much simple. It's simple math. Threes are more than twos. It's very mm-hmm. simple. You know, and, and a team that fits that metric easily is Oral Roberts. You know, I think, you know, the boatload of points they're getting, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to, to, to wonder how they don't cover. Um, I thought they saw some teams that have some really good bigs. So I think they should be able to handle Ohio State with Liddell. And, you know, not even Kyle Young is, is pretty big. Uh, Oral Roberts is really good in the pick and roll. They're good offensively. They make shots. And they're the number one fashioning team in America. So you're just kind of having that knowledge on who's who and who's going to struggle from the line, who's good from the line, blah, 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 um, is helpful. You know, the worst, you know, free throw shooting team in the field is, you know, is Rutgers at, at 63%. You know, Creighton's terrible. You know, USC's a bad shooting team. And USC could come back to bite them because I feel like if there's anyone in Gonzaga's bracket that could challenge them, it might be USC. You know, they're always going to get that great athlete. They have the Mobley kids that are big, can handle Timmy and, and some of those bigs that they have. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the wrongdoing and, and, and issue could be the, the free throw percentage. So you're just kind of having that knowledge. It's helpful. But um, there are so many different things to keep an eye on. And really just knowing where there's a mismatch, you know, what teams are going to, you know, like, for instance, the, the pressing against a team that doesn't have a, you know, a point guard, you know, stuff like that is helpful to, to, to kind of, I can just look at a bracket and, and kind of know what I'm going to do. So now that gambling has become more legal throughout the country, whether it be online or in more States, and obviously it's just more in the public eye, in your opinion, does it, is it their value in taking chalk in the early rounds? You're going to, like you said, see these massive spreads. Do you see value in taking some chalk or are you going to go more with um, flyers on teams? I mean, I definitely mix it up. I think it's game to game, man, honestly. I, th- I think you have to kind of take every game for what it is. You know, there are games like, you know, or Roberts or I- I've talked about Grand Canyon. I think I think they can cover, you know, where I'm looking to just kind of utilize a matchup that I like. Yeah, you know, but then there's just, you know, simple matchups that, you know, aren't really matchups. You know, a, a team like Oregon, you know, I-, I don't think they're a good matchup for VCU. You know, VCU needs to play a team that, is kind of soft on the, you know, in the pain and, and will kind of run with them and kind of play that sort of game. A team that's going to stand up and say, you got to shoot up and over us. Uh, I, I don't want to play. You know, I don't want them to have to play. I mean, Oregon is going to zone them up and just say, make shots. Same with a playing game. You have a playing game right away. When I saw Mount St. Mary's was a two point dog against Texas Southern. I immediately knew that is a terrible matchup for Texas Southern. If you know anything about the SWAC, they can't shoot the ball in the SWAC. They just can't. I mean, 
Texas Southern is one of the worst three-point shooting teams in America. In fact, I think of the worst team in this field from three. If I'm Mount St. Mary's, and I know Mount St. Mary's, they're going to zone them. They're going to take the air out of the ball. They got a hawking, huge front line, and they're basically going to dare Texas Southern to beat them from three. I don't think that's a good matchup for Texas Southern. So, you know, finding those matches, and every game's different. Sometimes I'll lay it, sometimes I won't. I think there's terrible mismatches. I think, you know, to be real frank with you, I think Baylor absolutely destroys Hartford. I, I, I don't, Hartford's just going to, you know, if any team's happy to be there, it's Hartford. I mean, <laughs> I think outside of Tracy Carter, they, they just don't have that much talent, man. I mean, Austin Williams isn't bad, but you got to remember, man, up until the, the America East tournament, Hartford was 11 and eight in this conference. So, um, you know, not, not ideal. They didn't play Vermont either the regular season. So yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for, for a team like Hartford, but yeah, every matchup is different. So you brought up Grand Canyon and I have to ask, is this because of your personal hatred against Iowa? Cause if that, there's one guy that's been going after people or Iowa on Twitter, it's been you. Um, do you think that, um, that's part of the got anything to do with it. I guess I could say, no, I, not at all. I, I, if Iowa had a good matchup, you know, I'll tell you, they have a good matchup. Um, I don't believe that grand Canyon is particularly good matchup for them. It, listen, I don't let, and I'm going to make this hundred percent fucking clear. <laughs> I never allow my emotion to sway my gambling bets. I don't, <laughs> That's one of the reasons I really don't have teams. I have teams that I have an affinity for. I love the Sixers. I've been in love with the Sixers as I was able to see. You know, I love the Eagles. But that will never – like, I bet against the Sixers all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't like Iowa. I don't think they're going to win much of anything. But if they had a matchup here that benefited them, like if they played – let's say Iona was the matchup, you know, or something like that, I would be more inclined to take them. I do genuinely believe Grand Canyon is a bad matchup for them. I, I think if I know Grand Canyon, which I do, I know that Grand Canyon has not one, not two, but three players above six foot ten, and they're all really solid. Mm-hmm. Bitgard is a guy that played at Wichita State for three seasons. He played some really good players, some good caliber players. Lever is more of a finesse type of guy, but he's a good Italian big. You know, they've got guys that come in and give fouls to Garza, and, you know, they are going to take the air out of the ball. You know, Bryce Drew is not stupid. He knows how to handle taking the air out of the ball and saying, you know, we're not going to play that game. You know, we have guards that are seniors that can handle pressure. We've got – you know, wing players that can handle pressure. You know, we have all that. So I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying they're an interesting team. And I think it wouldn't surprise me if Iowa have trouble against Grand Canyon. They're just kind of a weird matchup to me to them. So, you know, and this is a Grand Canyon team that, you know, obviously if you don't know anything about sports or anything about basketball, you're going to say, well, Grand Canyon, what do I care about Grand Canyon? But, you know, this is a team that step up in competition um, they were really solid against Nevada. They were in that game the entire time. Um, you know, they, actually, I think at one point in the second half, uh, they were up by double digits, you know. So th- this is a team that, you know, they, they played Colorado tight. You know, they played Arizona tight. And I know those teams are on Iowa, but, mm-hmm. you know, any day, any time, I think Bryce Shaw will have something for Iowa. We'll see how it goes. So we talked about Isaiah Miller being arguably like one of the most underrated players. Do you think Luca Garza is one of the most overrated players in the tournament? No, I wouldn't say he's overrated. I, I mean, he's obviously very good. I, I think mm-hmm. he's the player of the year. But, 
you know, I've been on record multiple times. He will not be drafted. He will not be an NBA player. You, you know? don't even think in the second round someone will take a flyer on him? Possibly. No, no I don't. Mike really? Dom was a, a two-time better player than Garza I mean, when he was at South Dakota State. Mike Dom was an elite player. I mean, you look at a guy like Kyle Wilcher, I mean, like Gonzaga. Kyle Wilcher is one of the best offensive players I've seen in a long time in the country. Look at Jimmer Fredette. Mm-hmm. All those guys. Just because you're good in college, it doesn't necessarily translate to the NBA. Luca Garza can't guard anybody. He's too slow. Luca mm-hmm. Garza will make a ton of money overseas. He is Nikola Mirotic. That's what he is. He will go over to, the, the, to Spain or, or Serbia or wherever, and he'll make a ton of money. And he might, he'll get on a roster somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's not going to last. You know, I always use the Mike Dom comparison to Garza. They're a little bit different, but they're a similar athlete. None of the players that I mentioned, Wiltshire, I've, I said before, Wiltshire is one of the worst defenders I've ever seen in college basketball. I mean, he's, <laughs> he was, he was terrible. He couldn't guard a, a, a statue. I mean, it's really bad, <clears throat> you know, but you know, and and he and Obi Toppin was a terrible defender as well. But Obi Toppin has incredible athletic skills, so he can you can kind of mask his defensive issues. Luca Garza is a nice player, and he might get a shot on a summer league roster. But no, I, I don't think uh, I don't think he'll be drafted. No, I think I think his Dan the Sun is up uh, after they get eliminated from this tournament. So, uh, <laughs> sp- speaking of the draft, it seems like every uh, every tournament we we come through. There's, uh, you know, there's some Cinderella team that didn't really get the exposure that has that one player that sticks out as, um, you know, as, as having the talent to go to the next level. Do you have any players in mind um, that you think are going to be either, you know, a second round or even a lottery pick coming out of this tournament um, that you sort of see flying under the radar? Yeah, you know, that's always, you know, there's always going to be players that you kind of, they just create their own kind of avenue. I'll tell you a guy that um that I that I've really started to become more and more impressed with is uh you know and, and I, I know we all remember Carson Edwards when he was at Purdue. Um, you know, when you look at Purdue now, I had a, a show I did I've done a lot of shows today already. Um, <laughs> but somebody mentioned, you know, Purdue doesn't have a it might have been on Clubhouse, actually. Somebody mentioned that Purdue doesn't have that Carson Edwards type of player. You would be right. They don't. But they have a kid called Jaden Ivey, who I think has matured and matured and matured and gotten better and better as the season went, as went on. You know, he didn't play the first five games of the season or five. He didn't play the first five of six, I think. But, you know, he has just considerably gotten better and better. And he's in big games this year this year played really well. I mean, he doesn't turn it over. Um, you know, he's a guy that's not scared to shoot the basketball. Um, you know, this is a guy that that's really looked good. I think he's got to improve some things. He obviously needs to improve his three point shot, but you know, I obviously need to think about that a little bit. I think there are guys, you know, Corey Kispert's an interesting guy. You know, we've kind of seen this kind of player, you know, kind of establish himself. So whether it be Peyton Pritchard or um, you know, like a, a Ty Jerome or a Kyle guy type of, player you know mm-hmm. these kind of guys that aren't or even tj mcconnell you know these kind of players who let's be frank are white and they create this avenue where they're just really dependable point guards they play hard they're not the most athletic they're not the most gifted players in the world but they're fundamental they don't make stupid mistakes and they take their team to the promised land 
you know, and if Corey Kisper can take his team to the NCAA tournament final and win the championship game, you know, he's a guy that will turn himself into creating a lot of money for himself. So, you know, you that's, obviously that's, have your, that's where, that's where you see guys like uh, Gordon Hayward come through or Gordon Hayward sort of willed, willed Butler yeah, through. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. a, that's actually a really good one. You know, Butler, you know, they went all the way to the title game, had a shot to win it. You know, who knows? Half court shot. But, but he didn't even win the title and he, he became a national name, you know? So, you know, I think there's obviously room for these guys, you know, like a Moses Moody who, you know, is a lottery pick, but he can, you know, kind of, we, we always see these guys. Obi Toppin was a prime example. I mean, coming into last year, even, you know, five, 10 games into the season, Obi Toppin was good, but nobody thought he was a lottery pick. Um, you know, these players just get better and better. So, you know, I, we talk about Isaiah Miller, he's kind of small, but, you know, all these guys can carve out roles, you know, in the NBA. We'll see if they could do it. So you're probably one of the sharpest guys I know gambling. During this time of the year, everyone's going March Madness, March Madness, March Madness. Are you zigging at all while everyone else zags and going NIT, CIA, and looking at these other smaller tournaments? Do you check out those? The CIA is uh, is a government agency in my Well, What is it? I'm sorry. Uh, CIT. CIT, thank C-I-N. you. I know. I, there's too many CIA or whatever. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Uh, no, I bet all of them. I've already bet on some NIT games. Um, I actually have a couple of teams in, in some of the even smaller tournaments, like Bellarmine and Bryant, uh, that I'm that I'm big fans of. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna definitely zig and zag. You can actually make a lot of money on, on those tournaments. So yeah, I I think a lot of people are focused on you know the big boy teams, and that's fine, but you know, I think people like me are always going to look for, for value wherever it is. And, you know, tournaments like the NIT are, are, are helpful. And I think in, the, in like even Wednesday's game, there's some there's some good spots. Yeah, I feel like people kind of overlook those. And wasn't it was it Bryant that was a covering machine that you were giving out this year? Yeah, Bryant was a really good team uh, against the number for a while. So, yeah, no, I, I love Bryant. And was uh, is was Bellarmine in a Division two school? Do I have that correct? Bellarmine was the Division two school last year. They became a Division one school this year. Uh, they're not eligible for the NTA tournament or anything. So, um, you know, if they would have won their league, it wouldn't have mattered. They'd have forfeit. They'd have to forfeit. There's a stupid rule in college basketball where you cannot enter the tournament for four years. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's stupid, but. Uh, that's just how it is. Punish you for being, I mean, that's the NCAA though. They punish you for being good. If you're good enough to make money, they'll punish you. They'll, they'll hit you anywhere they can. Agreed. So uh, my, my final question, um, you, we've talked a little bit about Gonzaga and Texas. Um, do you think that Gonzaga has the easiest path to the final four? Um, because looking at that, looking at that side of the bracket, it looks like they have, the only person that could like, I, I think you said that uh, that USC is the only team that could touch them. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find, um, you know, uh, them losing in this bracket. I, I, I don't see much here. Like I said, they beat the top three seeds already by right. double digits. So yeah, I would pencil them in, I think in, in Michigan's bracket, I think Michigan is vulnerable. A uh, livers ain't coming back anytime soon. So mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have to get through two really good teams in LSU and Bonaventure. I actually took LSU today at uh, at 12 and 18 to one to get to the final four. I think they have an interesting uh, draw and I, th- I think they could get there. Uh, if they get to the lead eight, I can hedge out in the final four in the lead eight game to get into the final four. So, um, you know, I think Texas is really interesting. They're, they're ultimately the team that I picked uh, to get to the final four uh, in that bracket. 
um, in Baylor's bracket. Um, I, you know, I, I find I find it I find Illinois is hard to beat. That's 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 the team that I, I I mean I know they're a one seed, but I think Illinois I think it winds up being Illinois Gonzaga in in the in the uh, the national championship game. Yeah, I, I I think that's the toughest bracket in, in this tournament. I, I think it's really difficult to kind of figure out. I, I think, you know, when you look at, you know, San Diego State and 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 Loyola and, and you a know. A team like San Diego State no one talks about when they had a 14-game win streak this season. Yep, yep. No, exactly. And they play that pack line defense. It's going to be incredibly difficult to handle, um, you know, and, and they can shoot the hell out of the ball, which, you know, people don't really talk about. You think of San Diego State as this, like, you know, really tough, you know, they can't score, but they defend their ass off, mm-hmm. you know, they're different this year. They can snipe. If I'm looking at, you know, the other two, I think, you know, Houston is really interesting. We're not really talking about them. You know, they have kind of a, a hand ride to the elite eight. Um, you know, they're going to have to play San Diego state, I think. And then, uh, you know, I'll continue to hold out that I think Loyola can beat Illinois. I do. I, I think we have to start, kind of understanding Loyola is the best defense in this field. Like sister Jean magic. Yeah. And and they're, <laughs> they're an elite defensive group. Like I, I just love watching them defend. And, you know, I, I all I've heard from these Illinois fans is Crutwig's going to get destroyed by Coburn. Da, 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 da. Listen, Crutwig is a four year player. He was in the final – he went to the final four in his freshman year. You know who he beat? You know some of the, the bigs he beat? You look at a guy like Grant Williams who's in the NBA. You know, four years he's played at the Missouri Valley level. If you know anything about Missouri Valley, one thing you can validly find everywhere is they have a lot of big corn-fed dudes that you got to play against. They're going to – bang your head off. They're going to bang with you down low. Crutwig has made his bones. Okay. It's time to enter him into the family. Now stop acting like he's this, you know, this, this, this lackey, you know, he's a good player and they defend at a really high level. Lucas Williamson is an elite defender. He can lock down Ayo Desuma. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you can consistently expect you're going to get a hundred percent out of Adam Miller, Curbelo, Trent Frazier, I think you have another thing coming. They're not dependable players. And that's one of the issues I've had with Illinois. If Coburn and DeSumo score 25 in that game, I don't know if it's enough to beat Loyola. I don't. So I really believe they can beat Illinois. They were going to have to beat a one seed. Don't be surprised if they do it. My last question for you, and you kind of already touched on it. You said LSU got them at what? Was it 16 to 1 and 18 to 1? I got 12 to 1 and 18 to 1. I just think when you look at their bracket, I think I think Michigan is vulnerable, right? You know, so mm-hmm. I think if you you getting by Bonaventure is not going to be easy. I like Bonaventure. They got a tough draw here. But I think if you could beat Bonaventure, I do think they could beat Michigan. And then you're kind of flipping against, you know, either Colorado or Florida State or Georgetown or Greensboro. You know, and then by that point, I could start hedging out in the Elite 8 if they play Texas or Alabama or something, mm-hmm. you know, and I could make a nice healthy profit. So I was going to say, you know. is there any other team that's not obviously not like a 15 seed or 16 seed, but that seven, eight, nine range that you could see making a run. Is there anybody else in that range? Yeah. I mean, I'll say, you know, I won't go that deep. I'll go one better and then I'll give you another one. I think Purdue is, is fascinating. I really do. You know, I think um, Villanova, they're another vulnerable team. 
you know, Purdue and LSU have two vulnerable groups in the second round. If, if Villanova beats Winthrop, I think Purdue will beat Villanova. Um, I then think that I think Purdue could give Baylor a game and I'll tell you why Eric Hunter is another elite defender, Brandon Newman, Jaden Ivey, Stefanovic. They're all good defenders. I think they can lock down Teague and Mitchell. I don't know if they'll completely shut them down, but they can do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Baylor has an answer for not only Williams, but this Zach Eady kid has turned into quite a player. Seven foot four. He's a tough, tough player to deal with. You know, they're, they're fascinating as well. Purdue, Um, you know, down another team to keep an eye on, you know, I'll I'll throw out San Diego state. I, I think they're, pretty interesting i have them at 65 to 1 to win the whole thing i think they have a pretty decent draw as well i Mm -hmm. I think you know they they can beat west virginia um you know and then at that point you know i I think they could beat houston you know so i i think they all have decent decent shots here uh you know a fascinating game that we we didn't really touch on is you know drake wichita right you know Mm -hmm. drake gets hempill back and you know wichita has kind of an interesting kind of pedigree you know, can they beat USC? You know, maybe they could throw a wrench in. Kansas is without Jalen Wilson. They might be without McCormick. So, yeah, that's I mean, Wichita is always making noise in, in the tournament. What you said, Wichita does? Yeah, Wichita always makes yeah. noise. Well, they had that team that was undefeated with Clanton mm-hmm. Early and Ron Baker and Van Vliet. So, Nick yeah, great Ron Baker. They've slowly created a a, a wagon out in, in in that area of the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I. I you know, watch out for which so they've really played for that coach Isaac Brown who who's done a, a great job. So my 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 final 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 question is I always I don't know it, I'm I'm not the, the most educated in, in men's college basketball, but I always feel like the most interesting matchups are are the five twelve and the seven ten uh matchups. Cause I always feel like there's 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 some 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 magic there in the five twelve and the seven ten matchups and uh-huh. any of those four, do you see any that you like where the underdog comes out on top? Well, I think you, UCSB could be Creighton, you know, UCSB mm-hmm. is really good on both sides of the ball. Um, they're a group that, uh, you know, under Joe Pasternak has never been to the NCAA tournament. They've been close, but they've never gotten over the hump until now. This is a conference, the big West that, that has beaten teams. Um, you know, UC Irvine a couple of years ago beat Kansas state in the first round of the NCAA tournament as a 13 seed. So mm-hmm. it, it's definitely something that could happen. You know, Barbara on both sides of the ball is really good. You know, they don't turn it over. They get to the line, they make their free throws 76% from the line. Um, you know, they take a lot of good shots too. You know, their f- assist to field goals made a lot of good ball movement. They're just a fun offense to watch. And I think defensively they can, they can handle Creighton. Creighton's been disappointing. They've been, kind of in and out of consistency. Um, you know, they're interesting. And obviously Villanova, they're going to have their hands full with Winthrop. I think Villanova just has some matchup advantages with Robinson Earl and Samuels that I think they can exploit. I don't think that one will happen. Oregon State ain't beating Tennessee. And I think Georgetown, while a good 12 seed, you know, Colorado is just not, to me, a great matchup to them. So um, I, I think there's one probably. As far as 10-7 games, I don't think uh, – I think Rutgers will beat Clemson. I don't think Maryland will beat UConn. Absolutely not. No, not. Th- uh, I think UConn's a very solid team. I think VCU is a real bad matchup against Oregon. Oregon is healthy now. You know, Oregon, if there's a team in that Gonzaga bracket, Oregon is interesting. Mm-hmm. I really think that. And then, 
you know, Virginia Tech, I saw Virginia Tech on Twitter today with this ridiculous video talking about how great they are because they made the end. Do you guys see that video? I did not. <laughs> I, did not. I saw I'm a telling dude, you, Coach Kane put this a video show's out. Over, you got to go watch it. It's for, mm-hmm. from their Twitter account. Uh, it has some barstool stuff, and it's really cringy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, that, that game's kind of the most boring game in the card. So, yeah, I think there's some 5-12s that are intriguing and 7-10s, but, you know. There's, there'll be some upsets. And Eastern Washington could upset Kansas. I think I was kind of interesting, you know, with the Grand Canyon matchup. So yeah, there's some there's some good ones out there. Awesome. awesome. Well, I'm I'm tapped out on questions. Where can uh, the people find you online, man? Yeah, you can follow me at Jeff Nadu on Twitter, JFFNADU. I'm doing a show every day at 9 a.m. on a channel called Pixwise on YouTube, P-I-C-K-S-W-I-S-E. It's a company out of the UK. Uh, they're really branching into American sports, and they brought me and my partner, Donnie Wright, head on to do um, do college basketball throughout the month of March. Uh, that may turn into some other stuff as well. So, you know, check me out there. Uh, I'm working on some other things as well to kind of, uh, you know, continue my next steps in life. And, uh, you know, I, I know after the tournament, I, I've kind of made it a point to say that uh, I'm going to take some time away from Twitter and, 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 and this whole racket and, uh, you know, go out and, and I think I'm going to move finally and, uh, you know, just kind of take some time and, you know, bet baseball and have a good summer and, you know, come back fresh for football and, you know, who knows where life will take me. You know, I had a dream the other night that, uh, that I went back to Barstool, weirdly enough. It was like, <laughs> I, ca- I hit Dave up and I'm like, you know what? It was weird. Like I made a mistake. Who the hell knows where life takes you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just living in the moment. For sure, man. That's all we can do, especially if there's one thing we learned last year. Gotta yep. live in the moment, right? You definitely do, for sure about that. Awesome, but. man. Well, it's it's always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we wish you all the luck in the world. Enjoy your time off after the after the tournament. Yeah, um, I, lo- I I definitely look forward to that. Thanks uh, always for having me, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll talk again soon. You always guys are real cool with me, so appreciate it. Thanks again so much, man. All right, guys, all right. take take it, it easy. easy. Huge shout out to Jeff for coming on the pod. We'll have to have him back on, of course. He's just a friend at this point. Uh, but Nick, where can the people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Fumbling Bumbling. Find me on Instagram at If I Had One with underscores between all of it. Um, catch some Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash radio. Um, have some big stuff brewing up. Um, Kyle, how about you, buddy? Kyle underscore Craig 4 on Instagram. Kyle underscore Craig 36 on Twitter. All social media is just at Nebrace Radio. If you want to see our semi-viral video, you can go there and check it out. Um, Until then, why don't you guys go ahead and tell all of your friends and family to download, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and a nice comment on Bet Nebrace Radio, because that would be helpful. So until then, I'll talk to you on uh, Wednesday. Saturday. All right, talk to you later. (laughs)